You have tuned in to PodSAM, the podcast channel of SAM Magazine, the voice of the mountain resort industry. It's July, which means it's time for SAM Magazine's annual 10 under 30. However, it's 2021, so we're turning it up a notch and profiling 11 20-somethings who have already left their mark on the industry. These 20-somethings, all nominated by their peers, demonstrate the leadership, passion, grit, and perspective to navigate the obstacles of the present and seize the opportunities of the future. Our 11 profilees represent a variety of sectors of the industry, including mountain ops, food and beverage, IT, marketing, and diversity, equity, and inclusivity work to list just a few. They operate on the corporate level and at hills with 200 feet of vertical. They have a current impact on their teams and communities and a vision for where snow sports should head next. On this episode, we're going to meet the folks in the East and Midwest and hear clips of their interviews with Sam Magazine senior editor, Katie Britton. The Problem Solver As systems analyst for Boyne Resorts, Taylor Bradford puts his computer science and engineering degree to use, working on major revenue applications and developing efficiencies across Boyne's network of resorts. Taylor's ability to understand and translate the challenges and opportunities we face to provide guests and end users better service is tremendous, said a nominator. Is that um, typical, do you find in your field that like you'll develop an efficiency for one part of the operation that then kind of spreads to the other resort? Uh, definitely. So like one part or we at the same resort, we'll figure out something for like rolling over season passes this year. And now other resorts and that same resort are going to use it for other product lines. Um, and it's one of the nice thing about having nine resorts is some people come up with a great idea and we can share it between the, the other resorts. It's a nice thing about being part of a network. Would you say there are any like hot button topics in your department right now? I would say the a lot in just the efficiency and trying to help resorts manage how we get things more standard, more efficiencies between the resorts, because we've got a lot of people that do things differently. And there's a lot to be gained by having them where things are done really, really well, bring them together and learn from them. Um, and then I think also the, just the continued growing what we're able to offer online versus in person is still a hot button topic going forward. Yeah, one of the we've um, talked to a couple of people about that sort of the COVID push to to move everything online and how that just really accelerated that. Yeah, it's something that was talked about a lot, but never any push to execute on it for a while. And then all of a sudden, we did all of it in one year. So speaking of massive changes on a sort of industry-wide scale, is there anything happening in the industry that has you sort of stoked about the future of snow sports? I'd say a lot of the direct lift opportunities. Um, something that we're pushing is just more with most of our resorts will be on RFID uh, this year. And the ability for guests not to have to even go buy something online. We charge them at the lift for an additional day. And just the whole direct to lift idea mm. is fantastic for the guest and really a great way to just get a more efficient process because nobody likes standing in line or 
anything to buy their ticket. They'd rather just go out and go ski. In terms of you individually, would you say that there's something that you learned from this season that you'll carry forward? I think really it was all about the collaborating with the resorts, listening to their problems. Um, and so there are so many conversations about, well, I don't think we can make it work. Well, we have to. And so like just never letting that, we don't think it's possible, get in the way of actually accomplishing it because we were able to accomplish 99% of the things we set out there that we were told we had to do. Even though the initial conversations were like, well, we only have two weeks. It's gonna be really tough to do. So it's just how the never give up of like, yeah, there's lots of challenges, but we just have to work through them. And maybe we won't end up with the perfect situ- perfect solution first but we'll get there. I like that. It's sort of a different take on the uh, adaptability, right? Is one yeah. of the things that people have been talking about a lot. It's not just adapting, it's sort of persevering. Yeah, and the, the first solution may not be the perfect one. And you try it out and figure out how to make it better next. Do you have a favorite job perk? I love getting out and going snowboarding. Um, that's great. Uh, most of the time, my office is 100 feet from one of the trailers, so. <laughs> And we work on Eastern time. So frequently I can get an hour of skiing at the end of the day. So the perks of being in a different time zone. Yeah. Other than having to get up early every day. (laughs) (laughs) Trade-offs. Would you say that that um, your experience as an instructor, uh, sort of working in another sector of the industry has informed your current role in any way? I'd say definitely yes. Um, It's been very helpful, like seeing what the end user of all of our systems uses and where their problems are. Um, also really helped me develop relationships with people in those departments across our resorts. Like, oh, I've been there doing exactly what you're doing. And it's very, very, it's a good starting point for understanding how we can help them out. Yeah, that ability to sort of empathize with both the, the user and the people on the ground delivering the product. Yep. It's probably yep. really valuable. <laughs> the Stokes spreader. Riley May at 24 is one of the youngest general managers we have ever profiled. He climbed the ladder and was named GM of the Rock Snow Park in Wisconsin at the end of season party last year. From his nomination, Riley started working for the Rock Snow Park in college as the marketing intern. From there, he moved into the role of marketing director and now GM. Riley has an unbelievable amount of positivity and patience, and his maturity and leadership are well beyond his years. He has a true passion for the ski industry, which is evident to everyone, guests and employees alike. So you um, you mentioned that you know taking on that that leadership role was sort of eye opening for you. What are some of the things? What are some of the leadership traits that you admire in others, and how do you kind of incorporate that into your own leadership style? Yeah, um, definitely. Rick and Mike are, are are two owners, our brothers, Rick and Mike Schmidt. Um, definitely look up to them a lot. Um, they are they can approach any problem with um, you know calmness and and tackle it without really worrying too much, whether that's an operation outside problem or it could be here in the, the ticket counter or something. Um, so I definitely look up to them and, and use them as a role model of how they approach issues during the season and, and off season. Um, I guess just being calm um, and, and mm-hmm. not 
overreacting or making a problem bigger than it is and just kind of taking it one step at a time. Um, especially, I mean, this past season, a, a ton of new, new stuff was thrown at me mm-hmm. that I just kind of had to work with as we went on, um, whether that's the kitchen fryer going down on a busy Saturday or our, our tubing conveyor belt slipping on a, a cold, busy weekend. Uh, so two totally different problems, but kind of just working with, with the team on how we can best approach this and keep our, our guests happy and, and quickly, uh, fix the problem. It always seems to happen on busy weekend. <laughs> the train park seems to be a big part of your growth model, right? That like that's people come to, to hit the park. Definitely. Yeah. I think just with the size of the hill, um, the train park fits perfectly. Um, if you don't need something huge, we can, especially with the high speed rope, you can, you can last it, you get a hundred laps in a day. So, so yeah, we definitely focus on, on, uh, our parks with, you know, large, medium, small in progression, something for everyone and, and making sure the kids feel welcome. Um, it can start small and, and build up to that, that larger park and, and have fun with their friends. And we try to do, do little comps and, and we do, uh, I started an event two years ago, um, called hips and lips, kind of a, a, a take on Holy Bully. If you're familiar with that out that mm. um, Snowboy Productions puts on stuff like that, but just a event that's not really a competition. It's more just, hey, come out. We have a bunch of swag from from our sponsors and stuff. Um, would we play music and, and grill out? Just come out, have a good time. It, you know, we just throw swag to really whoever. So there's no kind of first, second, third place, and kind of gives the kids just a chance to come out and have fun and maybe win a beanie or a, a, hood, a hoodie or something. The Knowledge Seeker. Katie McIvert wears a lot of hats at Boulder Mountain, Ontario. She's the resort's risk manager, oversees the rental shop, terrain park, and the challenge course. Said one nominator, Katie has taken charge of many roles here at Canada's most southerly ski area. With her continued learning of the industry from all aspects, the ski business will be in great hands in the future. So tell me, tell me, you you wear a number of managerial hats. How do you balance them all or blend them all together? Yeah, so I would say most of it's, I've definitely gotten better over the past five years at managing the time in each spot. Um, I have a really amazing team, which makes it really, really easy to be able to juggle everything. Um, I think I've I've been good at kind of, prioritizing what needs to be done in what areas. It's not always perfect, obviously. A lot of times it's pretty difficult, but um, I have like an amazing train park staff. So I kind of, once the build is done and everything's um, inputted into our risk management system and stuff like that, I I have full faith that they're gonna do a really good job and they always come get me if they need help. Um, For the risk stuff, I try and put quite a lot of time to that to make sure it's done properly obviously and make sure if patrol needs anything or anything else that's going on like that but I would say once we're in season once everything's set up a lot of my time is spent in the rental shop just because it is so busy and we're doing pre-covid we were doing a lot of school groups and just a lot of people through here so just making sure that I have the staff in place in every area just to make kind of my life a little bit easier I would say would be the main thing that I'm getting to learn over the last few years (laughs) You're in a lot of different departments, but I'd be really curious to know um, what some of the hot button topics are. Uh, 
either things that are overlapping between departments or if there's one that sticks out like in the risk world or in the terrain park world and the rental world. Um, just like what's what's something you guys are talking about or that's sort of scary. Yeah, for sure. Well, it kind of, they all kind of, it's funny when I tell people what I do, but they all kind of blend together. Um, kind of when I uh, tell everyone what I do, I think people's initial is like, oh, that's a lot of different things, but it's interesting that they all really do blend together. Um, like the train park and risk kind of <laughs> one in the same, just with um, we, as most places do, take it very seriously and make sure everything's set up perfectly and make sure all of our features are always the specs that they should be. And, and I think we've gotten to be really good at doing that and we have an, a really good train park. Um, and that just goes hand in hand with risk. When you obviously build stuff like that, you have to make sure that you're taking the precautions to make sure it's cataloged, everything is perfect and everything's put in our system. Um, and then same with the rental shop. Um, I mean, the train park and the rental shop don't really go toe and toe together, but it's just kids getting out on the hill. It's nice to be able to know a bit more behind the scenes of, okay, why, why are we setting up the skis or why is it so important to be able to make sure everything's good? Just because I have personally seen things go very wrong from every department. So they do kind of blend together really nicely. And um, I think that's why I like it so much that they all overlap a lot, which is cool. Do you find that you're looking at the other jobs primarily through, the, or not primarily, but often through that risk management lens? Yeah, definitely. I think that's sort of what's on my mind all the time, especially when I'm outside. Um, if I'm shaping a feature or anything like that, that is kind of going through my head with some of the younger staff out there are just like, oh, I can't wait to do like a massive 360 off this jump and land and do a flip or whatever, where I don't really have that instinct. I'm more like, well, okay. And if someone lands here, which I like having that brain that kind of automatically goes there. Um, and I think it's, it's beneficial to try and instill that in some of the younger people and, and let them know why we set things up like that or why we're setting skis like this because ultimately it sort of does all come down to you want to have safety and make sure people are okay I like that you're like mm, spin a three Ooh. yeah like yeah the angle of that landing is all wrong yeah yeah and we do have quite a lot of younger younger guys out there so it's nice to kind of softly explain why we're not setting up these gigantic things <laughs> The Indoor Trailblazer. A poster for Sierra Nevada College's Ski Resort Management Program set Chris O'Rourke on the path to working in the ski industry. In 2019, when Mountain Creek's owners opened Big Snow, North America's first indoor ski slope, they asked Chris to manage the hill as slopes manager. He's been a true leader in uncharted waters, said a nominator. In the spring of 2019 is when um, Mountain Creek came to me with the opportunity, kind of, you know, I've always heard about, you know, Creek being involved with the indoor ski dome and like, oh, you know, we're going to open it up. And I'm like, hell yeah, let me know. I want to be the groomer. Like, I want to be part of it. I always want to be a part of it somehow because it's, you know, it's new, it's groundbreaking, it's history. And, you know, it's one of a kind here. So I just always wanted to be a part of it. When they, yeah, when they came to me with, you know, they pretty much sat me down. I was just like, hey, you know, we're thinking of opening up this place, you know, in the next coming months. Uh, we need some boots on the ground. And um, they think, you know, we think you're the best, uh, best candidate for that. And, you know, that'll probably lead into a position of, you know, management here at Big Snow and 
you know, it'd be really good for your career. You know, we know you're hungry and, you know, we want to want to feed you and, you know, give you somewhere where you can kind of grow. And I was just like, yes, let me go. Yeah, this is awesome. This is great news. I was just so, so happy, so psyched. Um, and it was just like, I can't believe that you're coming up to me with this opportunity. So <laughs> I love the, the phrase, we know you're hungry and we want to feed you. <laughs> Great. And, you know, yeah, that's that's how that's how this company is too. They see their star players, and they know um, they they want to see them grow. So it's it's that's what I love about snow operating. So talk to me a little bit. Obviously, um, there are not a lot of people who do your job, right? You manage an, yep. an indoor. Uh, the, the slopes for an indoor facility. So like, what are the kind of unusual uh, considerations or elements that that adds to your job? Yeah. So um, yeah, we have no off season, um, which takes maintenance to like a whole nother level where, you know, everything has to be planned out. Um, and I can pretty much plan out my maintenance for the next four years if I want to the day. because so I know what hours are going to be on every piece of equipment. Um, you know, also too, is, uh, it's being in one of the biggest challenges, honestly, is being inside the whole day, taking a group of people who are used to outdoor environment, who love being in the sun and being in the weather and feeling the fresh air on their face and then bring them into, you know, a ski dome to be in there for, you know, their whole, their whole time working and, you know, you'll come in and it'll be dark and you'll leave. It'll be dark. And it's a little like people go a little stir crazy sometimes, but uh, it's, it's cool though. So how do you, um, how do you deal with that? Like outdoor sport in an indoor space? Like, do you have personal strategies for managing that um, or for helping your team avoid the stir crazy? Well, um, one of the way, one of the little things I do is my garage, one of the garage for the snowcat has a door that leads to the outside. And um, it's like a little bit of a break room for some of my team members. So, you know, I try to leave that door open as much as possible so they can see sunlight and get some fresh air. And, um, you know, we encourage, you know, team members to during their breaks, you know, step outside and, you know, enjoy some fresh air as well as, um, you know, kind of just team building exercises we do to just bring the team together to, to just keep the stoke alive. What's something you learned over the, the last, I'm going to say season, even though I recognize that you don't have <laughs> seasons in the same way uh, that you feel like you can apply to the future. Uh, a lot of leadership skills. Um, you know, I, I haven't had too much leadership skill or leadership roles before this job. So coming into it, I had a lot to kind of catch up on, a lot of experience to catch up on. Mm. Um, you know, I definitely learned some lessons the hard way, but, uh, you know, I have a good team and, you know, if I have any questions, they, uh, they got my back and I can use some of their experience to kind of give it out my own. Um, yeah, a lot of leadership experience and uh, refrigeration. Learn how to keep this place cold. One big freezer. We had a uh, funny story. We actually had a a hurricane here in Jersey and it took out the power to my mom's house for like a week. And she was freaking out. She's like, Oh my God, all my food's going to be gone. She was on vacation somewhere. And I'm like, no worries. 
grabbed all the food from the freezer and brought it to Big Snow, and I kept it in the, on the slope because it was during quarantine. <laughs> and it was just our giant personal freezer for storage. <laughs> the conversion driver. Ashley Sire's first job was in the Blue Mountain, Pennsylvania cafeteria. She's been an ambassador, marketing intern, sales associate, marketing manager, and now marketing director. She has shown true innovation in growing our sports at a nominator. Ashley continues to amaze with her dedication to the resort and to the industry as a whole. One of my biggest takeaways from this season has just been how important communication really is. You know, I think as marketers and the creative people that we are, we can get kind of stuck in using a little bit too much, you know, maybe fluff in our communications that can just water down what we're really trying to say. Uh, this season was just so much about being very straightforward and very clear and very timely when communicating with guests. I think guests really came to us, whether it be the website or social media or when viewing our emails to just get a clear picture of, you know, what to do, what to expect and how to stay safe when visiting the resort. And I think being so straightforward and honest and timely with our guests really helped us earn their trust and connect better and maybe even helped with our brand identity. Um, communicating with our employees actually became just as important as communicating with our guests this season. You know, unfortunately, I think sometimes we spend so much time trying to communicate with guests that employees can, you know, sometimes get overlooked when it's really just as important. You know, whenever the CDC or state came out with new guidelines or restrictions, we immediately talked amongst upper management and we, you know, created that new plan and then distributed messaging to both our employees and guests. And, you know, maybe it was a little bit different of a message, but we definitely worked very hard to keep everybody on the same page. You know, it's your, it's your housekeeping staff and lifties and parking crew and, you know, maybe even some other lower level managers that just maybe get a little left out sometimes, but are really the ones that need to know what is going on and what that resort messaging is. So we spent a very significant amount of time this season communicating with all levels of our staff, and I definitely think that we'll continue to do that. You know, one step further, the amount of communication within the ski industry itself just really proved how powerful communication really is and was just another huge takeaway for me. I think the ski industry has always been very friendly and open, but, you know, the amount of communication that I witnessed through, you know, Sam huddles and groups and state committees was just really powerful. Uh, I was fortunate to sit on some of the weekly reopening PA meetings with the Pennsylvania Ski Area Association and you know, we had a number of PA resorts involved who worked together to make the NSAA's Ski Well, Be Well document kind of our own and, and tweak it to pertain to PA. And, you know, during that process, all these PA ski resorts were just sharing a lot of ideas and, um, you know, trying to decode some of the state restrictions together. And we worked together to, you know, interpret restrictions and then implement, you know, safe opening practices. And it was just really refreshing to see that communication. And, you know, all in all, this season is definitely one that I will never forget <laughs> with the amount of communication that I saw and just the importance in that is definitely something that I will always, you know, kind of take with me. In terms of the, the marketing department, is there like a hot button topic or something that you're thinking about? Some of the hot topics in our marketing department right now are increasing our online presence, becoming paperless, and you know, of course, diversity and inclusion. 
it's no secret that everything has really started to move towards online. So we're just really working on perfecting our online presence. We've really invested in staying up to date with the latest Google, Facebook, and Instagram trends, and really just trying to own our market in the digital space. Becoming paperless is something that we've always wanted to do, but COVID really gave us the kind of push and opportunity to retrain our guests. We didn't print any brochures or trail maps this year, and I would really love to stick with that. Instead, like many other industries, we've adapted to QR codes and digital signage around the resort. So now you'll see a lot of signs around the resort that, you know, have QR codes to maybe get a map on your phone or, you know, maybe you're at the restaurant and you scan your table topper to see the menu on your phone. Um, you know, we used to use a lot of paper and a lot of ink just creating these flyers and, you know, setting them around the resort. And, you know, now maybe we'll have something printed once and we'll put that QR code on there that'll take a guest right to a page about the topic or activity that's displayed. and and um, you know, really just avoid that, that paper trail. So not only is it better for the environment, but as a marketer, I can use those codes and links to just get a lot more insight into what our guests are interested in and what they're looking at. Diversity and inclusion is of course always a hot topic for us. Uh, Blue Mountain is fortunate to just be 90 minutes outside of New York and Philadelphia, which are very large markets, but also very diverse markets. So, you know, we're really just trying to revamp our website to be more inclusion friendly, you know, whether that's adding more inclusive photos or, you know, having a translation option. Uh, we're starting to do that as well with our digital on-site signage. So we're trying to start to rotate some of our messages into those different languages upon guest arrival. Last year, we actually supplied some of our frontline staff with translators to help break that communication barrier uh, when guests were on site so we could talk them through, you know, maybe some of the lesson proce processes or products or, you know, really get that clear picture of what experience they're looking for. So I think, you know, just every little bit we can do with diversity and inclusion helps and, you know, helps bring a whole new market into the, to the sport to convert into skiers and snowboarders. It's a, a really important topic to us. The All-In Leader. Tyler Prang has worked in just about every department at Boyne Mountain, Michigan. His current role as Director of Mountain Ops lends to his boots-on-the-ground attitude. Tyler leads by example and embraces new challenges, from building lifts to fine-tuning a snowmaking system, said his nominator. So, for you personally, uh -huh. what was like your most memorable working moment on snow this season? I want to say it has to be opening weekend. Opening weekend was, it was an amazing weekend. It was absolutely chaotic and absolutely wonderful. We spent all summer after a crazy shutdown, just wondering, right? Sitting around thinking, how is this going to go? Are we going to open? Um, all of those crazy things, all the planning, all the COVID procedures and all those different things that we had to change to get get ready for this season. Now, I, I looked at it pretty nonchalantly this fall because I, uh, it's how I keep my sanity sometimes as I make things seem like a smaller problem than they are. Um, but it was, we all know the game of ski, right? We all know how to make snow. We know how to groom snow. We know how to get people up and down, up and down the hill. 
but we have never truly operated in a pandemic environment and all of the questions and all of those you know everyone has an opinion some people really care some people really don't um so getting the staff on board and just constantly just waiting we had a a slow start to winter we didn't open until december 16th normally we're swinging by thanksgiving um so we had a lot of nerve you know a lot of anticipation built up just to see how the season was going to be and then it was oh wait it's 42 degrees can we make snow no can we make snow no. and we wait and we wait so the nerves continue to build and build and then um then all of a sudden it was opening day and we opened on a wednesday to pass holders only and it was so awesome to just see all of those people that we had to send home way too soon and see them all back. And obviously we couldn't see their smiling faces this year, unfortunately, <laughs> which is something I dearly missed. Um, but just to see them all back, there was so many excited people that were just so thankful that we were here and we were open. Um, and we were able to open. It's like, all right, we made it. We crossed the finish line of being able to spin the chairs and get people up the lift. And of course, for me, it was in my new role, it was extra nerve wracking for me. So man, I'm new at this. And then now I have all of the COVID stuff piled on top of it. And it's like, ah, like, so yeah, I'd say that's probably my fondest fondest memory of the season was finally seeing getting people up the lift so opening opening day opening weekend was just so awesome it was that sunday night we closed it was like all right we made it through the first like four or five days like i think we're good we're gonna make it and then we made it through the holidays and it was just like all right they didn't shut us down through the holidays we're good. We're going to have a ski season. And it was a, it was a good ski season. And like I say, I mean, it was every weekend people were just happy we were here. So being able to provide that for people who have been cooped up all summer long, finally were able to get out and do something that they love to do was just awesome. Are there any developments either at Boyne or more broadly across the industry as a whole that have you sort of stoked for the future of snow sports? You know, I, I think we're at a we're at a crossroads of a lot of the resorts are really starting to heavily reinvest in themselves, whether it's new lifts, more powerful snowmaking, lodging upgrades, um, you know, really getting a grasp on summertime, you know, between mountain biking and the growth of zip lines and just all of these little things that, you know, for Boyne, you know, we're some of the other um, sister resorts of ours have already um, published their 2030 outlook plans. And, you know, we're working on ours at the moment. And there's a lot of heavy investment and reimagining of things we've done forever. And I think it's going to be really exciting. You know, lots of investment, lots of projects. And uh, 
it should really enhance the experience here. My uncle Stevens joked with me before that if what we plan to do, this place is going to be completely different by the time I'm 40. And that's exciting. I'm excited to be on that, on that team, helping to push that needle and drive things into the future. Yeah. I like that those development plans, you see them as both, you know, reinvestment and an opportunity to reimagine mm-hmm. the, the product and the experience that you provide out on the Hill. It's very cool. Yeah. And I mean, it's the simple things and I know RFID has been around forever, but you know, I think just there's an added focus to or, or a renewed focus on just the overall guest experience. I think we've been doing the same thing for the last 30 years and it's time to freshen it up. Newer lifts, you know, it might not mean more people per hour, but it's a better experience for everybody. Better snowmaking, that means over the Christmas holiday, which is becoming a tighter and tighter window every year, um, there's more trails, it's a better experience, it's more fun. Better grooming, you know, yeah, all those fun things. And we've got some pretty interesting sustainability projects going on here, which is really exciting too. You know, um, we're putting in a, a solar array here that do, I think, at least 13%. 14% of our overall power usage a year. And we've actually been generating um, hydroelectric power here since 1982. We actually own and operate a small hydro facility on one of the local rivers. So got some cool sustainability projects in the works too, you know, along with the whole company initiative of that Boyne's putting through so you know there's just a lot of awesome a lot of awesome new opportunities in every direction you look um, we have a runway here we're going to redo our runway um, just all kinds of cool little projects so I'm I'm really excited for it and I think it, it is it's just going to you know elevate the experience for everybody If these folks are leading the way, the industry is in good hands. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will feature our West Coast 11 under 30s. Plus, subscribe to SAM Magazine to read their full profiles, www.saminfo.com slash subscribe, www.saminfo.com slash subscribe. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Pod SAM advisor is Alex Kaufman, the Wintry Mix podcast guy. I am Sarah Bordeaux, and thank you for listening to PodSam.